Welcome to Unclenched Podcast with myself, Dr. Priya, and the magnificent Dr. Alex. This (laughs) podcast, we are going to talk about signs and symptoms of TMJ, TMD. I will discuss one patient in detail, and Dr. Alex will also discuss one patient in detail. Uh, You may find a resemblance to yourself. Uh, You may find that you're experiencing these signs or symptoms. And so sometimes it's nice to hear about people that have gone through the same thing. At the end of the podcast, we will answer a couple questions from you guys, our wonderful listeners. So I'll be talking about the symptoms, which are things that a TMJ patient would feel. And then I'm going to be talking about the signs. These are things that you may see, your dentist may see, even your physician or ENT may see. And if you're listening to us on some kind of streaming like Spotify or what have you, you may want to switch to YouTube so you can see these signs because we're going to be putting pictures up. Yeah, that's a good idea. And Before we get started, Dr. Alex, how was your month? Did you do anything fun? Let's start out with a patient also that stuck out to us this month. Sure. So yeah, tell me about yourself and and your patient. Sure. So fun-wise, you know, January, starting the diet, starting the drinking water, all that (laughs) kind of stuff. So I don't know how fun that is, but, you know, outlining my goals for the year and what I have personally and professionally planned. So I always like to do that. That's always a little bit of fun for me. And, um, you know, didn't get to see my girls yet because they're back in their their domains and, and I'm missing on them. But thank God for FaceTime and for um, the phone, because we do live on that. But speaking of the patient, I do have a patient that stuck out to me. So I'm in Pittsburgh and this patient of mine, CJ, is in Cleveland and, and I love CJ. So CJ comes to me and Cleveland, she's up on the lake. So they got a lot of snow and sometimes it's it's hard for her to get in and what have you. But she made the jaunt in and she was experiencing a lot of signs and symptoms. She had headaches. She had limited opening, ringing in the ears. You're going to go through a lot of these things. So she had, she had probably about 20 of the things that the Priya is going to go over, but she sticks out to me because when we got her feeling good and she's great. But one thing we did on her too was a tongue release because she was tongue tied So when she came in postoperatively for me to see her and she's like, I can't believe it. And I said, what? And she says, everything relaxed from my head to my toes, my foot, my plantar fasciitis doesn't bother me anymore. My hips are feeling good. And CJ is all about figuring out the why kind of like you and I, Priya, we want to figure yes. out like, why is this happening, right? So she's she's like a cold plunger. She's a red sauna girl. The, the funny thing was, is one day, this is a little off topic, but she brought me a, um, a cooch ball for your cooch. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. So it's, you know how we're all connected and pelvic floor. Yeah, so she yeah. brought me this cooch ball for me to see. And I ordered one because she told me about it before. I'm like, what the hell is that? So you sit on this cooch ball and it helps your pelvic floor. So we're talking about literally from the mouth to, you know, down low. So yeah, uh, yeah so that's why CJ stuck out to me and she brought me protein. So she's all about figuring out how to keep her body 
you know, in, in top working order, proper sleep, lip tape, the, the woman does it all. I tell yeah. her, I say, you need to, to start a podcast of your own because she's just a wealth of knowledge. And um, yeah, so so CJ's who stuck out to me and she's feeling well after the tongue release and oh my she's wearing a removable orthotic and, and things are going Good. well. Good. That is you? She sounds How like a fun month. <laughs> she sounds like a fun patient. Um, she is my, fun. <laughs> my my month was good. What do we do? We took the kids to the snow and my little guy had his first skiing lesson and my daughter had her second one. And so that's exciting. My husband's a really good skier and I have no experience with any of that. But um the kids, we want to make sure that they learn how to ski too. So that was a really fun trip up. Yeah. We went with some friends. We stayed at a beautiful condo and we cooked dinners nice. and hung out with our friends and the kids played in the snow. We went sledding one day. So that was a really nice little break. Um, and yeah. it's only about an hour and a half away. So we went to Mount so Hood. So wait a minute. You don't ski? I didn't grow up doing no. any of that. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard now because now you're you're a little bit more intimidated. I'm afraid to it. break my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? They yeah. need your hands. Everybody needs hands. your hands. Yeah. So yeah. I mean... I might take a lesson. I've been sort of thinking about it, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And for a patient that stuck out to me, I love this patient. He is so funny. His name is Riz. And Riz and I met before I bought this TMJ practice. I was practicing general dentistry at another local practice, and I was being mentored by my TMJ mentor. So I had kind of two things going on. And at my regular general practice, I met Riz. And I saw him just for a cleaning and exam and we were talking and I noticed there was a lot of popping in his jaw and it was, it was, it, it, I could just tell that his right joint was unstable. You sure. know, after you felt a lot of joints, like sure. when, the, when they're kind of hypermobile and unstable and things are popping in and out just a lot. And I thought, oh my gosh. And so I asked him about his jaw. He's like, oh yeah, it hurts all the time. It's popping, clicking crackling, making all these noises. And I noticed he kept ro rolling his shoulder and his neck and just, he could never get comfortable. And he's a young guy. I mean, like he's in his early twenties now. So that was like four years ago when I met him. So I told him then, I said, come to my TMJ practice. I think we can help you. And I never saw him until last year. And then he came to this, my practice and we've moved locations and all that. And as soon as I saw him, he's like, I know you. And I was like, I know you. Because the practice, my practice, the TMJ practice name has changed. It's changed locations. Sure. And then I remembered because it's a unique name, Riz. And he's just such a like fun character. Like he's really talkative. He's really nice. He's tall. He's like, he's just, you got to love Riz. So I thought, okay, well, it's good to see you again. But unfortunately, what had happened is that he had completely locked closed. So he could barely open his mouth. He was in a ton of pain. He had gone to the ER over the weekend and they couldn't get him unlocked. And he was wow. just nervous and upset. And anyways, so that was, that was last year. And now, you know, I saw him this week and he's completely unlocked. He no longer has uh, clicking or popping. He doesn't have pain in his jaw. He doesn't have ear pain. He doesn't have Ugh. ear pressure, neck pain or shoulder pain, but he still rolls his shoulder a lot. So I've encouraged him to work with a body worker that can help with that. But um, I'm glad he finally took treatment. I got to see him again, even though wow. it had been many years. And so that's always kind of a, a fun thing. And whenever, I mean, he's just fun. Like he walks into the office and the atmosphere just sort of it lights up, you know? And so yeah. it's always good to see him and he's doing better. So, so that's yeah. good too. Yeah. But yes. <laughs>
Oh, that's great. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to see him. So, so yeah, let's just dig dive right in. Um, sure. I can list off the symptoms. And then if you'd like, you can lift, list off the signs. What do you think of that? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's great. You go. Have at it. Mom sorry, boss. Alex, I just I... saw your cup. Mom boss. Mom boss. Do you like that? <laughs> I am losing my voice, Alex. I talk too much. So, Alan, I'm sorry. You're going to have to cut all this out. Um, <laughs> No, don't cut it out. Just leave it in there. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Roll with it. Okay. So lists of the signs and, or the, uh, so I'm going to talk about the symptoms that we want to talk about. The number one reason people come to see me is headaches and then jaw pain, neck pain, ear pain, jaw joint noises, like clicking, popping episodes of the jaw, actually catching or locking stuffy ears, dizziness, ringing ears, tooth pain, numbness and tingling in the face or fingertips, gum pain, pain around the eyebrow or around the eye or behind the eye. Those are a lot of the things that I hear. And it's quite the variety. And for that reason, TMD is often called the great imposter disease. It can be super hard to figure out what's going on. And with that, um, I even had a patient once where her one symptom, this was it, was stabbing ice pick ear pain. So yes. she had been to every ENT under the sun, moon, and stars with no real answers until she came to see me. So really, you can have one of these symptoms or any variety of them, and it can still be TMD. So on to you, Dr. Alex. You can go over the signs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so with the signs, we're going to show you some pictures. But I before we get there, I just want to talk and ask you a few things about your symptoms. Sure. So headaches. How many times do you hear people say, oh, they're hormonal, which some are, some are, but how many of those hormonal headaches go down? So many. I was one of those that had oh. hormonal. I thought they were hormonal headaches, but mm -hmm. then when I got myself fixed, I don't have them anymore. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah. I see it all the time. So oh, the headaches that, that you're referring to, where are they located? Anywhere and everywhere. So it can be the temples. It can mm -hmm. be the back of the head. It can be the top of the head. It can be the front. It can be behind the eyes. Um, it can be completely one-sided mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or exactly. both. it can switch around. Uh, it can even be migraines. I know a lot of people differentiate migraines from regular headaches. And I even have patients that have full-blown migraines and then they'll have their regular headaches, which are like tension headaches. So sure. it can be like a band around the head. I mean, I've really heard it, heard it all. Now, have you heard, cause I've heard this too, like a, a itching kind of fuzzy scalp. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? And they're just yeah. like, they just want to kind of itch it. Yeah. Or their hair feels funny. I've yes. had that people tell me that too. Yes. Yeah. And and when they they come to you with all of these symptoms, I'm like, they look at you and you're going, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Everybody else thinks I'm crazy." Yeah. I'm like, "You're not crazy." <laughs> I've heard yeah. this. Yeah. We got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. We can help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are those are funny and then then the ears, you said the stuffy ears, do they've been to ENTs, they've looked and they found nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's how my patients are too. They've been to ENTs. And if one ENT, sometimes they'll go to another to make sure. 
Um, what about the dizziness? What do people tell you about their dizziness? So dizziness is an interesting one. I always like to clarify. I say, what does that mean? Is the room spinning or do mm -hmm. you feel off balance? And mostly it's that people feel off balance. It's kind of Me rare too. that, yeah, that the room is spinning. I've heard that once or twice, but it's mostly off balance. And then I had one patient just yesterday who was saying, it's not so much off balance as it is. Uh, she just randomly feels like she's going to fall down and then she doesn't. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but it's usually the off balance sensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about brain fog? Oh, yeah. I get brain that fog. a lot, too. Like yeah. my thoughts just aren't clear. You know, well, your thoughts aren't clear in my eyes, in my opinion, because your your muscles, you're not aligned right. Your muscles are a little bit probably tight, cutting off the blood flow up into the brain to release all the chemicals and give you some clear thoughts. I mean, that's so common. And, and so people, common. once they say that, hey, I'm I'm getting... Um, you know, I, I'm not as foggy or yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm granted, I'm one that goes to the closet and opens the door and I'm like, what did I come here for? You know, <laughs> I do get those moments, yeah. but it's a little bit different with the, with the brain fog. Anything else you want to kind of dive into on well, this? Well, I, I did want to just touch on the brain fog. Um, yeah. I did have a patient this week. I made her a nighttime and a daytime orthotic removable and her mm -hmm. nighttime one there's no way she can wear it during the day because it fits on the upper it has a flange that comes down it's the ara anterior okay. repositioning appliance or also called okay. the ferrara appliance so when she lost her daytime one she had been doing so well that we just thought okay well you're doing so well maybe you don't need it sure so we said let's see how it goes she came in yesterday she's like my brain fogs back my jaw tension's back i need that I need the daytime one. So See we just that? ordered another daytime one for her. But um, the brain fog is a real thing. And I think it's because when you're in constant pain or tension right. or discomfort True. or however you want to describe it, your body goes into fight or flight mode. And imagine constantly being in fight or flight mode. Of course, you're going to have brain fog. All your energy right. is being directed towards how do we lessen this pain? How do I feel better? I was mm -hmm. in fight or flight once, walked up to a truck. I was getting into the passenger seat or trying to. I opened the door. This guy flew out of the back of the truck right in my face with a knife. He had been in there <gasps> stealing stuff because we had gone shopping. And I I booked it. <laughs> like I was gone. I was not fight. I was flight. I was out of there. <laughs> but I yeah, I can't fight. I can't fight. And so I was gone. I don't even remember doing that. All I remember wow. is being like finding myself on like down the street and I was shaking. Imagine wow. always being in fight or flight. Of course you're going to have oh brain my fog. Gosh. Of right. course you're going to have brain fog. So, and anyway, the guy got away. Nobody got hurt. I don't know if anyone cares about that story, but just so you know. That's that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But the, another another one too that everybody when they're when they're checking off their um health history, a lot of them have anxiety. And I think a lot of that is because of the, the always fight or flight mm -hmm. or the pain 
and then they're anxious. What's wrong with me? Why can't anybody help me? And a lot of the anxiety, and then they get depressed and they're on the depression medication. And a lot of that is just so related to nobody ever being able to give them an answer. Because there are so many of my patients that have come down off of medications Mm -hmm. and of course, I always have the physician wean them off. I'm yes. like, this is this is not my arena. Yeah. Whoever prescribed that for you needs to help take you off. But it's amazing too how many people are on so many medications, and and it's like no one's no one's knowing what the other's doing because everybody goes to a doctor for something. You know, you go to a doctor for your big toe, and you go to a doctor for your right elbow, and you know everybody's always always different. You know, know, so nobody knows. So that's that's one thing too. So the symptoms, just like of the anxiety and um, and the pain, can also be related to the other symptoms that you've said. They're all intertwined in They're in a fashion. They're all intertwined, yeah. and and that's what I love about what we do is because I've established a really great team of other practitioners here, and we yes. all work together. And I know you have too. So yeah. Yeah, I love that. So some at some point in time, we're going to have to have some of those practitioners on. That's just so darn much to talk oh, about. Oh, I know. It's it's going to be never today. ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me start with some pictures. So this is where you have to go and switch to YouTube or pick up your phone if you can see us and look at some of the signs. So again, these are, I mean, these are some of the things that you can look at. You can see, your dentists will see, and your physicians can see too, if they have any knowledge of what goes on in that little black hole of the mouth. So the first thing we're going to look at is called bicuspid drop-off. So as you can see, this is a roller coaster of a bite. And the bicuspids are behind. It's like you're doing the little wave. You do. <laughs> so the bicuspids are the teeth that are the um, arch right on the side of the arch. They're like the big, big teeth. I mean, the cuspids. So right behind the cuspids, as Priya, my model, will show you, are the bicuspids. And they are sitting lower. So that's bicuspid drop-off. Now think about your jaw and trying to close into that position so the teeth touch normally. And it's kind of like a wonk wonk when you kind of close. So that's bicuspid drop off. The next thing that you can look at and see if you have in your mouth are chipped or worn teeth. This is pretty easy. And a lot of people will know if their teeth are chipped or worn. And you can tell this is a good picture here. And and on this patient here, you can see almost through the tooth because they've worn the inside of the tooth. And whenever they come forward in that bite and their their edge, their teeth are edge to edge, then they keep wearing. So you're coming forward to talk, you're coming forward to chew, to function, and you're wanting to come into that forward position. And then on the tops of those teeth, you can see how they're kind of cupped out and they're worn out and they're just starting to deteriorate. So the other thing on this picture also is by the cuspid 
on the top, you can see where it's receded. The gum is pulling up and there's like a little tiny shelf. Sometimes people say they get food caught in that shelf. And that's because of the way the pressure going down the tooth is making the gum tissue erode in that area. The next one, this is a good one. This is lingual tori. So let's show you what that is. Lingual means it's on the side of your tongue. And the tori are those bony protrusions where, look, the tongue has nowhere now to go. And the bone, you were not born with it. Patients are, are amazed, like, what do you mean? I thought I always had those. But it grows gradually as the pressures are put down the axis of the tooth. The body responds by laying more bone. So if you're a sleep apnea patient, I would highly recommend getting those tori looked at and possibly removed. Patients of mine that have had them removed are so glad because now their their tongue can sit there better. And it's like the the garage is too small for the car being the tongue. The tongue can't fit in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so with the tongue, if you get those tori removed, if that's what's recommended by the surgeon, and your tongue can rest in that space, it can also make your airway a little bigger if your tongue can Absolutely. come a little bit more forward. Um, right. So that's one thing. And the second thing that I learned, I think it was from Jameson Spencer. I don't, I don't, maybe it was him. Yeah. But um, he says that everyone is either a bone builder or a bone breaker downer. And I loved that because if you build bone, that is like these, like these tori at the bottom of the mouth here. That is your body's defense mechanism towards all right. that force that you're putting into your teeth from clenching and grinding. It's your body saying like, how do we, how do we support all this? How can we buttress against this? Right. And mm -hmm. so that's why these tori form. And then the people that are bone breaker downers, they don't form these tori. What happens is the bone starts to recede and the teeth get loose. <laughs> so you'd right. much rather be a bone builder than a bone breaker downer. But when you're a bone builder, it also has its own set of problems. And so I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> right. Now, so that's a good point too, because I I talk to, to my patients and one of the analogies I use is that if you take a pole and you put it in the ground and you hit that pole from the top, it just continues to go in the ground and it stays sturdy. But once you put that clenching and grinding mechanism on there, you would wiggle the pole from the, the top back and forth. You loosen the earth around that pole and it gets looser. Just like you were saying, the teeth, the teeth will get loose and that will happen. Unless like you said, your body mechanism is to lay bone down. So the next one, the next slide I have here. Now this is lingual toroid on the inside. The next slide is on, or this is a maxillary toroid. This is on the roof of the mouth. Look at that baby. Where do you think that's going? Hello. <laughs> that's a big yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So we, we tell our patients that your, your good tongue positioning is at the roof of your mouth, right behind your front teeth. There you go. See Priya, how beautifully you're like my, you're like my Vanna White. <laughs> the price is right, girls. You know? Right, 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 
Right. And you want your tongue like on, on the middle between behind your front teeth on bone. And then you also want it to lay up on your palate. But here you've got these, this bone growing on your palate. And um, I had a hygienist one time working for me and we were going through all this stuff and I was showing her signs. She goes, oh, I've got something sagging in my palate. I said, well, it's hard to write. She goes, no, no. The roof of my mouth is sagging. I'm like, it's tori. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. That, mm-hmm. So that's, that's maxillary tori. I thought that was a great picture. It is a good picture. Another thing that happens a lot, Priya, is that people will come in and they'll have missing teeth and multiple root canals. And so this is an x-ray of missing teeth. And, and this person has one, two, three, four, or five root canals. So you know something's off with the bite because they keep beating the teeth and making them die. Because when you look at her other other x-rays, and I know patients are looking at this, but doctors or students might also be looking at this too. And they would see like her fillings are quite small. Yeah. On all the other teeth. So why the heck on those couple teeth did she have such large fillings? I mean, you look at the 12-year molars on the lower left, and the six-year molar, there's not even a filling in there. What did no. she brush one half of her mouth and not yeah. not and brushed the other side and, and kept it cavity free? So what happened with this patient was teeth broke because of the forces of occlusion, and she needed root canals. Or in her case, she went to um, a doctor and was just looking for the pain. It's this tooth. Mm, well, they didn't see anything, but they root canal it. Well, if it's not that tooth and your pain didn't go away, we'll try this one and see if your pain goes away. Well, that pain didn't go away. Okay, let's hop up on top and do this one. And it's like a guessing game. Uh, so that... Um, that I see a lot. I'm sure you see that too. I see that so much and it breaks my heart or even extractions trying to get rid of the pain. Right. Um, right. right. One thing I want to point out too is that there are multiple people who with the forces of clenching and grinding crack their teeth so significantly that it cracks into the nerve and then sure. they need a root canal or it cracks enough that they need a crown. So if you Or an extraction. Multiple, or extraction. Yeah. And yeah. so if you've had multiple teeth crack, that's a pretty right. good sign that you're clenching and grinding your teeth. Teeth should not crack at all in our lifetime with normal chewing forces or how we use them to speak. They should Correct. not crack. And so if you're having a tooth crack every year, <laughs> you've got to right. do something to protect your teeth. So Right, right. This next picture I'm going to show is overclosed. So when someone's overclosed, their upper teeth, almost hide their lower teeth. And in some cases they do. So that mandible cannot come forward. It Mm -hmm. is trapped behind the maxilla or the teeth on top. Maxilla is your upper jaw. Your upper jaw is stationary with your skull. So the lower jaw is the movable one, but it's always got to fall back to chew to swallow your teeth should come together. So it's always going back in that restrictive mode and that will cause you pain. Mm -hmm. Anything there, Priya? Oh, I see this all the time. 
I would say so many of my patients are overclosed and that's what's caused their whole problem. So the way I explain it, and I'm sorry to keep hijacking, but I feel like it's- No, no, I I want you. Okay. Um, I always say the top teeth and the bottom teeth from the side, Yeah, we're looking from the side, should come together like this. So this episode, you guys, if anyone's listening, you really want to view it because there's a lot of good visuals. So they should ideally come together like this. And then when they have a bite like what's displayed here, I say you come together not only a little bit like this, but a lot like this. So every time your teeth come together, 2,000 times a day when we swallow, chewing, clenching, grinding, what happens is that your upper teeth trap your bottom teeth. Therefore, your whole jaw further back from ideal. Mm -hmm. If it's further back, that leads to more clicking, popping. It can cause it to lock, and it makes the muscles very unhappy. And that causes all the pain. So that's how I, I see this bite all the time, all the time. Yep, yep. The the next one is overclosed also, but this is buckle tori. So see how the tori shelves are up by those molars? Look at those puppies. Yeah. Yeah. So this patient of mine, great gal, um, she had her lateral incisors removed. See that? And they closed everything up. So they made everything nice and narrow. And so that's a narrow arch because they took the teeth out on on the top. So where her canines are next to her two front teeth, her canines, they moved them in and made everything compress and constrict in. And now her lower teeth, you can see the tilting. That's another Mm -hmm. sign. Your teeth are tilting in. So um, she was in horrific pain, a lot of pain. pain. So what we did, put her in an orthotic, got her comfortable, opened her up, made space, put implants where they pulled the teeth, put implants back in, gave her a awesome. beautiful broad smile. I'll have to show that one day because yes, that came I, out really I think good. people would really want to see that. And also with these shelves of the tori on the top, those bony shelves. She'd get big pot up there. Oh, I'm sure she did. But like what's interesting is the people that have these, they kind of think everybody has these because that's right. their normal. And they're not going around looking in people's mouths, right? right? And then when we explain to them, this is why these formed. You did not have these when you were born. There's no way. Then, right. you know, like they really start connecting all the dots. But that's, yeah. I would love to see the end result of that case. So maybe we can do yeah. that on another. Maybe episode. we could do that one time. But yeah, so she, that was, that was really, a, really a good case. It took time because ortho takes time, implants take time, you know, all that kind of stuff. The next one is recession. So recession is when the gums start to pull up away from the teeth. And you can see that behind again, that canine or eye tooth on the top there, you can see how the teeth, the tissues pulling up, there's a little redness on the tissue. And if you see how that bicuspid and the lower bicuspid touch together, you can see those forces. That force is making that recession on the top when they go into their chewing motion. Because when you chew, you chew in a teardrop. So you're constantly banging those cusps and you're in, like you said earlier, you're either a bone layer downer or you're a tissue bone loser. Okay. The the next slide I have here to show, these are the most common ones. There are other ones, but there were so many to do, but the next slide is tongue tie. 
That's a big one. So as you can see that tissue right in the middle of the tongue when she lifts her tongue and it's tied or tethered to the floor of the mouth. And you can also see on the sides of the tongue, there are little scallops or little kind of indentations and Mm -hmm. waves on the tongue. So that's taking the shape of the teeth because this patient is bracing herself when she swallows and her tongue has to come up, go on top of those teeth, and that causes a scalloped edge. And very lightly on the side of her cheek, you can also see some that linea alba or the line on the cheek. And that is um, when they suck the cheek in to protect too, because they don't want to bring their teeth together. So the, the tongue is acting like it's own split the body's splint the body's smart enough to try to try to fool itself and put a splint in there without you guys having to come and see me or Priya but that's not going to work long term so yeah that that's that those are the pictures that I have there might be a few more that for another broadcast we could um we can gather. Uh, I'm sure I had more, but I didn't want to bore everybody to death on all of these. But um, I think that maybe we can um, talk about a patient or two, Priya, or or a patient that that you have, or if you have a testimonial, give us the background and what the signs and what the symptoms were of that patient would be great. Yeah. So um, I do have a testimonial and I think what I'll do is sort of tell her story first sure, and then play the testimonial. Absolutely. Is that okay? Okay. Yep. So her name is Kim and she is just absolutely lovely. I asked her to get this testimonial ready for before we shot the podcast. So I literally gave her like a week and a half and she, she came through and I just, I just adore her and she shot it outside uh, and you could see the mountains in the background. She had a beanie on. She had just finished golfing. You can tell it's kind of cold. And uh-huh. it's just so Portland. So please enjoy when you see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so when Kim came to see me, she her jaw was locked closed on the right side. That means that the little disc of cartilage was displaced. It was dislocated too far forward and in. Her range of motion was very limited. She had double vision. And she had these bouts of vertigo that were really bad, of dizziness where she couldn't walk. Uh, She had tension in her jaw. She had tension in her head, headaches in her left eye. Uh, Her neck was hurting, popping and clicking on both sides. And her story is kind of interesting because she found me, I believe, online. But before she could get in to see me, because there was a wait, I couldn't see her right away. Uh, She actually looked on my website, and I don't know how she found this from my website, but she found that I frequently work with upper cervical chiropractors. Now, these are chiropractors who take a lot of measurements of C1, C2, C3, and they take very specific measurements and make a diagnosis. And with a series of gentle adjustments, they sort of tap C1 back into place. There's no crack, pop, or twist, no high-velocity adjustments for those of you that are totally against that. Um, These chiropractors do things very differently, and they go to extra training to do that. And with NUCA, which is National Upper Cervical Chiropractic Association, they actually even have like a board 
certification process, which is like, I just found all this out in the past year. So she found out that I sometimes work with upper cervical chiropractors, but I don't always. And so she sort of found one on her own, which is one of the best people in the whole area. And she went to see him first before she saw me. And he, by adjusting her neck, was able to get the double vision to go away like instantly. And her pain level started going down, but she, her jaw was still locked. So it was pretty neat that she had some things taken care of and everything was lined up well by the time she came to see me. And then when she came to see me, I did my usual protocol. I used neuromuscular dentistry to find her exact prescription. And then I also used my knowledge of her condition to kind of tweak what the software showed me. And I think that that's mm -hmm. important. As you get experience with this, you're able to do that. And so I built her a daytime and a nighttime orthotic. She started wearing those. She unlocked within weeks. I mean, like super quick. And I think it's because her neck was taken care of first. The neck and the jaw are so intimately related that, yes. you know, the, the whole issue could be coming from the neck, the whole jaw issue or vice versa. So it's really hard to know what came first, right? But the fact is that she had practitioners on her team that were communicating. They were speaking to each other that were invested in her care. And she came through this so fast, like, and I kept telling her, but I mean, I mean, she didn't know any difference, right? But I know because I see so many people with this condition and I really think she came through this fast because of the other, um, the upper cervical care that oh, she yeah. got. And so um, she's doing so much better now, really no symptoms, except sometimes every now and then she'll have a little bit of pain in her left temple, but she can open, she can chew. There's no more like vertigo that was ruining her life. She doesn't have double vision. And so she's just doing so much better and it's so exciting. And so I do have her testimonial now, which, which we can play. Yeah, let's play it. About 40 years ago, I was diagnosed with TMJ. And at that point I couldn't afford to take care of it. And so I just kind of went with it, you know, over the years it would come and go. I'd have a little tenderness and chewing and and it wasn't a big deal. But then one day, all everything fell apart. Uh, I started getting headaches and vertigo. Then my appointment with Dr. Priya came up and I went in and she listened to my whole story, you know, and I showed her how far I could open my mouth. So she said, well, I can help you. And I said, let's do it. And got my night guard um, first and wore it and just wearing that night guard at night relaxed my jaw so well. And it's just, it puts your whole jaw in a relaxed state. You know, they want to make sure that you're not clenched down. They want it to be relaxed. And uh, I started feeling relief pretty quick. Then I got the, the day, day splint uh, two weeks later. So then I wear that all day and I would take it out to eat and, you know, easy peasy stuff. But you could tell that as days went by, it was getting better and better and better. And then one day I went into her and I said, you won't believe, look how much I can open my mouth and check this out. I mean, this is crazy, but I full wide open. We're talking, I was like, I like this, you know, so many great things to say about the care that I, I received from them. Uh, it's just, they made it easy. Oh my gosh, Priya, that 
was great. That's amazing. And when you talk about the upper cervical, I agree a hundred percent because it, it, like you said, is it the, the jaw first or is it the neck first? And, and you gave this woman hope. You gave her her life back. You, you know, I, I just love what we do. We have the best the best job. And it's it's all about the jaw and body connection. And you did an awesome job with that. And, and what I tell my patients too, when I'm trying to get them to see the relationship, I would say, take your finger, put it right in the nape, nape of your neck and just talk and you'll see muscles, you'll feel the muscles moving. So you can't deny the connection. So you've got to go on to these other adjunct people we need you to see in order to get more more better yeah and and grammar but that's true it's true though and and dr Corey burt is his name we should have him on the podcast he's the upper cervical chiropractor that i work with Mm -hmm. a lot he explained it so well he said if i ask you to move your jaw how do you do it and then he moved his jaw back and forth right left forward backward whatever Mm -hmm. now he says now, and then he says, I want you to move your upper teeth. How do you do it? And it's not movable. The maxilla doesn't right. move. He said, this is how you do it. And he moved his whole head. Mm-hmm. And so he said, the neck is in charge of moving the head. And so if right. there is a true dysfunction between the maxilla, these top bones and the mandible, we have to kind of address it from all angles. I'm addressing the position of the mandible and he's addressing the position of the head by working with the neck. And so I just loved that. I was like, yeah, that's a good way to explain that. Well, and the other thing too, is if you, if you bite down normal like that, then you tilt your head forward, bite down, you bite in a different position. You tilt your head up, different teeth hit. You tilt your head to the side, different teeth hit. Mm-hmm. So your neck position is so related to how your how your jaw comes together and how your mm-hmm. teeth hit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. It it's so amazing. Well, that was so great. So let me um, talk about my patient. So the patient that I'm talking about, and I have some some photos on her too. She was a teacher. She's a special education teacher. So her name's Meredith. And when she goes to school, sometimes her, her, her little guys are combative or they throw punches and she had terrible headaches every day. She had some kind of head pain or migraine. Sometimes she couldn't get out of bed. She was breaking teeth. She had terrible TMJ pain, facial pain, neck pain, dizziness, vision issues, just like your lady had double vision. She had her vision would come in and out. It would go. And then she had pain in her forehead, pain in her temples and sleep. Her sleep was awful. So I have a picture of Coop and her, her, um, that's her nickname of her fixed orthotic. So I put a fixed on her and this is what it looked like. This is Coop and we put her in a fixed orthotic. So you can barely see it. It's on the lower and you can see the little blue marks from where I was checking her occlusion. Oh my gosh, you can barely see that. I know, it's beautiful. They're beautiful. 
And so, so they're not bulky and you don't have worry about talk and all that. So, so we put it on the bottom and you can see her, her signs, like she was wavy. You can see how her upper teeth wouldn't fit with her lower teeth, but we got her to fit and we got her out of pain. And then there is a lower arch picture because she was a narrow arch and I put her in braces. So on the left side was before, on the right side was after, and we expanded and moved her teeth because her teeth were also tilting in. And then there's an upper arch photo of her upper teeth, and that looks like this. And we redid the crown so it would match, but we expanded her arch and she's like, my tongue is so happy, it has more room. So we took her from that until the end. And then I, what's really interesting is her facial profile picture on what happened by, by remodeling some of the bone. Wow. So on the left is her, her pre-op and on the right is her post-op. And her face just is more appealing. She's okay. a beautiful girl to begin with, but you can see more of her jawline. You All can right. see her... Um, the pain in her eyes is gone and we just opened her up and made her a little broader, made a little bit more room. And then um, we have a testimonial that you can hear from Meredith too. It was a hot mess. <laughs> I was having migraines to the point where I was going to the ER multiple times a month. My jaw was clicking and locking to the point where it was hard to eat. My family didn't want to eat with me because it sounded horrible. And it was a lot of constant pain to the point where I was losing days of my life, laying in bed, losing time with my family, losing time at work, and something had to change. After my treatment, so much better. My quality of life is so much better. I'm able to do everything I could before I started having all the issues. And when I do get the migraines, it's easy to be able to come in and say, hey, Dr. Alex, like something's off and she adjusts and it's like, oh, okay, now we're all better. We sometimes look at each other now, my husband and I, like, was it worth the time, the money, the constant like appointments or juggling of our schedules and when we look at it we're like it is so worth everything because he's like i have my wife back oh my goodness alex you changed her life i know i know I I, yeah you. yes. you know, it gets more emotional you I know, know. I, know. I know that's but, so um, yeah yeah so that's 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 awesome. So do we have a, a couple questions to go, go through? Yes. Before we go through those questions, though, I want to talk to you about this case real quick. So sure. with that, um, I know you expanded her, her upper arch. Now to make the lower arch match, it's, it's more of a tilting of the teeth, right? Correct. Okay. It's a tilting of the teeth, but there, there is an appliance that you can put in there that will help just open up. And when you open up the, the one tricky thing about ortho, because any orthodontist just can't do this. And you you have a thickness of that, that um, neuromuscular orthotic, right? 
And like we've said before, it might be five millimeters thick on one side and two on the other. And we saw how her, her bite was wavy. So she was thicker on one side than the other. So you, you put stops on those back teeth to keep that vertical dimension. And then you start to move everything else around, get them to touch. Then you take the stops off and then bring up the molar teeth. Interesting. So well, I, interesting. The reason I'm bringing this up is I had a orthodontist who has never practiced. He has not graduated yet. So he'll be graduating mm -hmm. this year. Really come after me on my Instagram and say, you owe it to your followers to tell the truth and you cannot expand the lower jaw and this, 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 and that. And I hadn't really said you could expand the lower jaw. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta uh, kind of watch those words, but this is what happens Priya and, and I'll be darned, get that little, that little, uh, green little dentist out to my office and I'll show him a few things. But when you, when you remodel and that's what I call it more remodeling and you open up that upper arch and you bring that upper arch forward, orthodontics is always retraction. Always. So with what I do, it's always protraction and it's bringing things forward. When you bring things forward and that upper jaw comes forward, here comes that lower jaw. It follows it. That's what I told him. It's like a friggin' magnet. He's like, like, oh, he's yeah, like how? Yeah. He just, well, he's got a lot to learn, he but just that's went going okay. on and on and on and on. And he's like, you clearly don't understand causality versus correlation. And I just said, practice for a while. Come back to me after and 17 years, after how long yeah. I've been practicing, unlock yeah. hundreds of jaws, <laughs> yeah. work with actual patients and then come back and talk to me. And he didn't like that. And he stopped talking to me. So Oh, that's okay. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, there's so many, cause we do things so differently. You always get a few arrows thrown in your back, but that's oh, what gives you your yeah. thick skin, you know, yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah, I have pretty thick skin, but he, he, he would just kept going. And so then I got mad and I kept going too. So that probably wasn't the most mature response, but Hey, it is what it I is. I know, but sometimes it's that fight or flight I that know, gets in you and you're like, I'm going to fight this one. I know that that one I fought and it's still there for anyone that wants to look for it. Have fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, yes. So now we can answer some viewers' questions after all after okay. hearing about all my drama on social media. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Question number one: How do I find someone who treats TMJ? A lot of people on their website say they treat TMJ. Do you want to take this first, or you want me to go? Sure. It doesn't. It, I, well, what I would say is first, if you look at the website and there is just TMJ treatment and a little blurb about it, they probably don't treat TMJ or they'll make you a splint. So, what I would do is I would call an office and I would say, I have TMJ. I, I would like to come there. Either how do you treat it or how many TMJ patients do you see? In my practice, it's I'm all TMJ patients. In Priya's practice, you're all TMJ patients. I'm, I'm cosmetic patients also, but I link that with the TMJ. I make sure their bite's right before I do my um, cosmetics. So 
I think you just have to ask and you have to look around because again, mouth guards are just a piece of plastic. A mm. neuromuscular mouth guard is something that is going to fit properly, make sure you function, make sure your joint is in the right position, your muscles are happy, and then the patient is happy. Is happy. What do you say? How do yeah, you find I, a TMJ? I agree. I mean, there's no like database that you can just easily go to because you have to have experience when you're treating this and you have to have, um, and, and I love that, that you and I both have offices where this is all we do. This is, right. this is our wheelhouse, you know? And so I actually made a video for YouTube called questions to ask a TMJ dentist that you're interviewing to see if that's the right mm -hmm. fit for you. And so I'll just go, kind of go through the questions and add anything you'd like, Alex, just feel free to interrupt me. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. One, yeah. One is how long have you been treating TMD? Two, how do you treat TMD? Three, how do you define success in TMD treatment and what is your success rate? Four, what is your experience level and success rate in treating disc displacement without reduction? Like an acute uh, mm -hmm. version of that. And then five, uh, how many visits are included with treatment and are follow-up visits with the dentist or with the assistant? And how do you take payment and do you offer payment plans? Like, I feel like once you get all those questions answered, and I go into detail with this in the actual video, you'll have a pretty good idea if that's going to be a good fit for you or not. Because someone that's been treating this successfully and well will have good answers to those questions. Someone who has not been will not have good answers to those questions. So I know it's kind right. of like putting the dentist on the spot, but don't you want to, I mean, I'm sure you're willing to do that if, you, if you're going to find the right fit. Right. And I think too, whenever you, you ask the um, front desk or whoever answers the phone, the receptionist or what have you, mm -hmm. it, they need to say something to the fact that, oh my gosh, we treat so many TMD patients. Or if they're just real lackadaisical, like, yeah, well, and they're, they're not excited about their dentist, mm -hmm. then that might not be the office either. And then you can also go on the ICMO website, um, International College of Craniomandibular Orthopedics, and they have a list of their members. And um, you, you can find a TM, TMD, TMJ doc on that website. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that that's a great idea. The ICMO website is good. Um, the only thing too, though, is when you do find someone off the ICMO.org website, ask them those same questions. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't yeah. take it for granted because they yeah. can be a member and not have actively been treating, or they might be a member and they're a um, PT because PTs are <laughs> member of that website too. So, so, you know, you, you've got to kind of do your homework and those questions are wonderful questions. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I wish it was easier, but I, I, I just don't know of any other it's way. It's not, but you know yeah. what? That's like, if you were going to a heart surgeon, you'd make sure they were good. You want to make sure your TMJ doctor's good too, right? Yeah. You don't want your heart surgeon to have a high failure rate or, or do one surgery a year because that's not the guy you want to go to, no, right? No, it's definitely not. Right, right. So do you have any, any other question in front of you? Here's one. So I've got a question here. To see a TMJ specialist in my area, they're four hours away. What can I do in the meantime? 
So what can they do from home to help their symptoms? So for me, I always tell my patients to, when you're going through like an acute TMJ, TMD flare, you're in a lot of pain, baby your jaw. Don't try to over-exercise it and overwork it. That's not going to work out well for you. So I would say staying away from really tough to chew foods, bagels, steak, beef jerky, raw carrots, raw apples, things that hard require- pretzels. Hard yeah. pretzels. Yeah. That require like a lot of chewing activity mm -hmm. or like really glutinous in nature, um, crusty French bread, uh, anything that causes you to, makes you sort of open really wide, like a big tall sandwich. Try to just baby your jaw, stay away from those things. Um, try to notice if you have any habits. Like I had a patient that told me she always felt like this. And so you definitely don't want to rest your jaw against your hand because that'll shift it laterally and that's not good for the joints. Chewing on pens or other things, chewing ice or gum. <laughs> those are definitely things you want to stay away from. Uh, Self massages. I have a lot of those on my YouTube channel too. Those are sort of some things I can think of, right? think of right off the bat. What about you, Dr. Alex? I think too, um, moist heat. So I'll tell my patients, get a washcloth or a towel or some of those rice bags you can throw in the microwave and then just the moist heat to help to relax the muscle. Um, I'll have my patients sometimes just bring their jaw a little bit forward and just rest a little bit to kind of stretch that ligament just a little bit. I'm not mm -hmm. talking extreme, right. but just to rest and try to keep your tongue to the roof of your mouth and your teeth apart and your lips sealed. So that I think helps a great deal just to try to relax. One thing you said about the, the hands like this, you also have to watch when you're sleeping because a lot of people will prop their hand up under their pillow and prop into their jaw and, and make their jaw move. Some people that feel better with ice, so those cold rollers and things like that that you have, that some people are better with ice. And sometimes I say if it's really bad, you'll want to go from ice to heat to ice to heat, 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. And that kind of confuses what's mm -hmm. going on in the nerve synapse and, and that might give you some relief. But unfortunately, yes. all of those things are just very uh, limited time effectiveness. Right. And, and of course, you can take a muscle relaxer or you, you can, um, you know, take Advil or ibuprofen, but you got to watch the liver and things like that. But you, um, it's just short lived. So the best thing is to get in the car for that four hour drive and see a TMJ. Yeah, that's the best thing. And for many people, it does require traveling, unfortunately. And yeah, um, but it can be that so life changing. So, and I think it's so worth it. Well, I think that's about it for, for this podcast. I think it's been great. Keep your questions coming. Uh, we've got a lot to go through. And our next podcast, we have a special guest on, and that is Dr. Mac Lee. And his book is Life Throbbing Pain of TMD, why me? So you'll want to tune in for that. And thanks for all your support. We appreciate it. Yes, we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>